Hello, and welcome to Shaken and Stirred. It's a James Bond rewatch podcast for diehard double O's and franchise first timers alike. My name is Evan Atkinson, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Alex Doherty. Alex, how are you? I'm doing so, so well. Excited to get back into these films. We took a little break. Yeah, just a brief week, week and a half. Do, how, do you feel rested? Definitely. Someone recently asked me what movies I was watching and would I recommend them? And I said, uh, well, I'm definitely watching movies. <laughs> Well, I'm certainly, I'm booked, but not necessarily blessed. That's very funny. Yeah, I like. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Because <laughs> we did this before with the Marvel movies last year. And like, people would be like, are there any new shows you're watching? Is there anything? And I'm like, I have no room for anything mm -mm. else except for whatever franchise Alex and I have decided to completely throw our lives into chaos over. Truly, I kind of forget that people have an opinion about Marvel movies as well, so I'd say it and be like, oh no, oh. I think I'm a Marvel person. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just doing this, I guess. <laughs> like, I really could, I couldn't care about mm -hmm. the Moon Knights or the, but I love seeing Samuel L. Jackson do funny stuff. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's good. I think that's a winning attitude for something like this. Mm -hmm. uh, today, we're watching the 1965 flick Thunderball, <laughs> which you've not seen. Nope. Tell you what, I have not seen this at all. Oh, I thought you had seen. Wow, this is exciting. But <laughs> I have seen the Bond film I've seen the most is Never Say Never, which is a 1980s remake of this movie. Never Say Never? Never Say. It was the copyright for the James Bond franchise lapsed for one year and a different production company came in and bought it up and recruited Sean Connery. And they were like, hey, Sean, if you could do any James Bond story, what would you do? And he's like, I'll do Thunderball again. So they said, all right. And they did a James again? Bond. Yeah, they got in the 80s. So James Bond, where Sean Connery was 40. <laughs> yeah, so was he very done with this? But well, he looked, he was what, 30 of the first one? So he was in the 80s. He was like 60. He was 60 when they did Never Say Never Again, but he looked like he was 95 because he's just a leathery man. Uh, yeah, he looks like he's 50 now. I've seen it so many times. So I might, I'm familiar with the broad strokes of this, movie, but not the actual movie. And it's funny that Sean Connery in both. That's, I'm, I feel like we have to do a side story. Has, any, has anyone ever done a movie again? No. Well, Star Wars, you could make an easy argument for. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Harrison Ford did just kind of do the same movie, mm -hmm. but not in the same role. Like, I mean, well, as Han Solo, but now it is pretty similar. Like the the first movie back is just pretty much like. It is. Death Star. We, we also watched all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good thing to note. <laughs> yeah, okay. So without seeing this movie, what do you think Thunderball is about? That's a really great question. So, so far, most of these named people have been last names, but I just can't imagine there's a man named Thunderball. Well, there's a guy named Goldfinger <laughs> in the last <laughs> I feel like Thunderball is going to be an org name. It's going to be what this, the bad guy associates with. I think there's going to be a couple. This might go against the fact that Spectre is the bad guy in all the movies. Mm. So. Mm. so you think it's like, hello, Mr. Bond, we are from Thunderball. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I th listen. Any idea you have, no matter how implausible, is probably within the bounds of these films. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to send it. I think it's going to take place in the Czech Republic. Yeah. I think there's going to be a cannon. Okay. I think we're going to have circus members. Perfect. I think Thunderball is the name of an organization he will be fighting. I love, I love, we're about to watch the movie and then we'll come back here and see if we go to the Czech Republic, deal with a cannon <laughs> and an organization called Thunderball. What if I told you this movie had one of the longest underwater fight scenes ever recorded? Oh, dang it. <laughs> we'll see you after the break. We're back. We just watched Thunderball, fourth James Bond movie, 1965. Alex predicted that it would happen. <laughs> oh, boy. With an organization named Thunderball in the Czech Republic with a cannon. Oh, I will give myself cannon. The topic was bombs. So okay, no, that's similar. There's a lot of shooting of mechanisms. Yeah, it's a spy. That's what I was imagining. You know, shooting of no, no, no. But bombs was was what I was imagining when I said cannon for sure. That's oh yeah, <laughs> no, of course. And when you imagine Czech Republic, you meant Nassau, Bahamas. No, Paris. They were in Paris as well. Mm. Shot on site. Paris, the Czech Republic of France. <laughs> Let's get into it. This movie, uh, kind of briefly, I, I, I hate to say briefly because we we were watching this movie <laughs> and I, <laughs> we, were, we were probably 30 minutes 34 in. 34 minutes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 34 minutes in and paused it and I was like, I thought we were done. <laughs> so much has happened already. This movie starts with a jetpack. We'll get into that in a second. Uh yeah, it's a quick one. It, it's a cold open, pretty unrelated to the rest of the film. Yeah. James Bond kills a member of Spectre. Yeah. Or we assume it happens off screen. He's at the funeral for a member I mean, of Spectre. I mean, the motivation why number two doesn't like him. I, I mean, I feel like all of Spectre doesn't like James Bond. Yeah. He's been, he's been really throwing a wrench in there. He's also trying to like, fuck his mistress. So. James Bond's trying to fuck everybody's everything. <laughs> But they try to make it seem like this whole beginning part was the reason why. Mm, okay. So we open on a funeral. An, an agent of Spectre has died. Basically, the plot of the movie is <laughs> basically such a, that's an aspirational <laughs> word. Spectre is trying to crash land a jet that is carrying two atomic bombs for reasons unknown and they're trying to steal the atomic bombs and then use those to essentially hold the world ransom for the number the number they chose was a hundred million dollars yep is they're holding an american city or a british city they haven't decided which hostage for a hundred million dollars quick look in my new favorite website inflation calculator <laughs> uh and well, the actual website is in 2013dollars.com, which the foresight of whoever came up with that domain name, because they were they knew it was going to become 2014 at some point and that that website handle was no longer going to be appropriate. But somehow it's still relevant to this day. Like not in todaymoney.com. It's mm -hmm. fine. Listen, that's not. I wonder about. what year it was created. But $100,000 or $100 million, Excuse me. In 1964, today is worth 885 million, which is a good amount. It's a lot, but still not enough to hold a city for ransom. No, it definitely is. On two atomic bombs. Listen, the United States does not want an atomic bomb to land on a city. Right. But you could charge more. I'm saying Microsoft just um, bought the Call of Duty franchise for yeah. 70 billion dollars oh i didn't think that's what you meant yeah no they could definitely charge more if you can buy call of 
duty for $70 billion? What about the city of Miami? Yeah. Ian Fleming, let's just be real, does not have a mind large enough to, like, get that, get there. Speaking of Ian Fleming. <laughs> his is small and restricted. I told you I had a fun fact to drop on you. You did. Like, three hours ago at the start of this movie. Which was quite the, that my, <laughs> the thing are you my sweet father reminded me of. Ian Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No fucking way. Right? That is mm, unsettling. But if you think about it, there's there's a, a character in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang named like Totally Scrumptious or Magically Delicious. Not like she's something like that. Anything from this movie, but I know the the theme song of it so well because my dad used to play it on the piano. That's all I have. Think about it. There's like a woman with her her name is like Totally Scrumptious. Oh, geez. There's gadgets. Yeah. There's trains. And you ride the automobile. Automobiles. It feels like he just was like, let me write James Bond for kids. Mm -hmm. The child catcher is Spectre. We should do a special episode about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. 100%. I just thought that was a mind-blowing fun fact. So that's the main plot. That's what Spectre's up to. They're trying to get these atomic bombs, hold the world for ransom. James Bond has to stop them. Along the way, he discovers they've been using plastic surgery to do some face-swapping antics. He goes, most of the movie takes place in the Bahamas. In fact, 30 minutes of this two-hour movie takes place in a giant underwater fight scene Yep, with 30 people beating the tar out of each other. Just the entire Coast Guard versus a lot of men in black, I think, from, like, Germany. Vaguely. They're Spectre, so they're evil. Mm-hmm. They're, they're from the evil country. They are only defined by their, all, like, Steve Jobs fits with their black turtlenecks, and I'm, I'm loving it. Let's before we get into highlights and lowlights, mm-hmm. dial into some other parts of this film. Let's talk about the song. Ah, yes, yes, yes. What do you think, Tom Jones? It was sultry. Thunderball is sultry. I Did don't you? remember it anymore. exactly. So, Neither do I. No, Goldfinger just plays in my mind. Same. Like I feel like that. That's an important critique of this film. Mm-hmm. Is when I think of the theme song for this, I think of Goldfinger, <laughs> which is. Well, because also the Thunderball concept is brought up once and then just It's dropped. just the code name. It, the code name for James Bond going around and fucking a lady, like just code name for the bombs dropping. Like yeah. what? I thought that was a code name for syphilis. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of men have been afflicted by Thunderballs over the. <laughs> no. It, they were trying to send him to a different part of this mission. Too. Other people were in this mission doing stuff, apparently. He all of the double O's. Is that? That's why they're on the conference room. Oh, that's true. We don't see any of the other double O's, no. which is interesting. They were all so. What bad. are the other double O's up to? Right. If not actively going after the really good. Well, no, double O seven only realized the lead because he had been. Here's something we need to talk. Double O seven only succeeds in this mission out of sheer luck. Sheer luck, because he was on vacation. He happened to be at this, like, therapeutic spa hospital where one of the Spectre agents was getting his doppelganger plastic surgery done. Through no other circumstance than that is the world saved. It is just James Bond was trying to fuck a masseuse and then saw a guy with a weird head bandage and thought, that might be evil. (laughs) Gotta figure that out. And I mean, he also saw that evil tattoo, and the the war started from there. 
That's true. Okay, yeah, he saw he saw a tattoo of the Tong gangs from China, which is not never really followed up on, but it's enough for him to be like, I feel like this British military guy wouldn't have a Chinese mafia tattoo. And which he does try to sense. kill him in the next scene. He does try to kill him. I was, I mean, I spent most of the watch of this movie thinking that the two female characters were in fact the same person. Yeah, but don't be honest, they did all have the same color hair at some point. Okay, so... so Auburn started going a little bit red, but it was still Auburn. I'll give you that. You have... I really wanted to sing to wish them. Hey, you had your bleach hair moment in <laughs> From Russia With Love. This is my moment. <laughs> Both of the female, main female characters in this movie were redhead. <laughs> Freaks me out, except for the fact that one of them had an accent. And so I was able to discern that. That accent showed up randomly and without any reason. It would be like any other sentence she would just throw in. She, her, the actress was like, am I going to say something evil? I should do it in an accent mm -hmm. just to make sure the good old boys know that I'm not. Just I, remind you guys. Uh, okay. Let's, let's get into. Okay. Tom Jones loved it. I think it was a great soundtrack. Definitely not memorable. No, I think it was. It's fine. You know, it's good. We love Tom Jones. Mm -hmm. It's just Try that lost for the thunderball. Definitely. I don't got it. And you know, it's not really it. Let's talk about some highlights and lowlights. Okay, Alex, what what are some highlights that you got? I would say definite highlight would be the gadgets in this movie. There was a lot of gadgets. So many, and we had a lot of different modes of transportation, and they kept it exciting in that. Yeah. We got jetpack right away, out of nowhere, doesn't go very far. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so, opening scene, James Bond is... <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. Even in the cold open. Yeah, he... he... Attends the funeral of this guy he killed, which is a baller move. Yeah. With a random French woman, we'll assume he slept with. Oh, she oh, is no longer in the movie. No, no, no. Uh, he <laughs> is at this funeral, sees a woman watching him from the funeral procession, and notices that she gets inside the door of a car without waiting for someone to open it for her, which. In a James... woman would never do that. Yeah, a woman would never do that no, in no, the no. of James Bond, which means I've got to. Punch her. That is a the man. <laughs> as far as we, the audience, know, this is a widow of someone who has died, and James Bond walks up to her relative and just decks her. Just he goes like, "Oh shit!" Bah! Like slams her in the face. We find out it is it is a man in it is the man tights and heels. They have what can only be described as a furniture fight. Yeah, it's the guy that we think is supposed to be dead. Is the guy that turns out is attending his own funeral. Dun, dun, dun. That makes a lot more sense. Wow. <laughs> Did you, you not realize that? Different movies. Oh my God. So confused. <laughs> Random guy. I, li I thought, listen, everyone, some dude was there in a widow outfit. Everyone, including the people that James Bond sleeps with, wants to kill him. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's just a stranger who hates him. Of there course. is a fabulous moment of a woman realizing that she was not besting him and that he did just have sex with her. Like, well aware that she was evil. That yeah. was like a pretty That was pretty up. crazy. We'll get to that in a little bit. But he has this furniture fight where he just throws chairs and tables mm -hmm. and sconces mm -hmm. and vases. Almost 
Anything. Anything that is not nailed down in this room has been thrown between these two men. And then he eventually chokes him out with a fireplace poker. Oh, that's foreshadowing for the harpoons. Oh, there's a lot of harpoons in this movie. They set us up with being comfortable with deep stabs. <laughs> he, well, he just chokes him out. He doesn't stab him. He chokes him out. Oh, it looks like he was You were making dinner during the scene. Oh. So, back off. No. He, cho- but... he chokes him out with the fireplace choker, lets him go, and then he's like, you shouldn't have opened the door for yourself. You're a bad woman. And then before he leaves, this is something that has haunted me through the entire movie, is mm-hmm. he throws flowers on the dead body. He goes over to a vase of flowers, picks up the flowers, and tosses it on the man he's just murdered, it's and be- then runs away. It's because the guy was supposed to be at that funeral, and he said, I wish I was the one to kill him and make him have this funeral. And so then he killed him, and then he put the flowers on him like it was a funeral. Wow. So he really just, like, completed this moment for himself. Oh, my God. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an absolute terror. It was, instead of doing a quip of, like, oh, yeah, I just electrocuted this man, that one really zapped him. He was like, let me just throw flowers in a silent and dark moment. <sighs> so. In the room. He runs away. He leaves the room and he runs to a, a jetpack that he had mm-hmm. waiting for him. This jetpack takes him how far, Alex? Probably 20 feet. <laughs> 20 feet. He just, he jetpacks from the roof of a building to the ground floor of the mm-hmm. building. And then like maybe four parking spaces over. Yeah. And then gets in a car that was waiting for him to the point where the people who caught him and were chasing him on the jetpack had time to run. Downstairs. Downstairs and out the building yeah. to chase him. And there was an extra guy there, actually, in the end. There was, like, three instead of just the two. They were, like, hey. <laughs> they're running downstairs out of breath. They're, like, come on, come on. There's a jetpack. I don't know. Just come on. Let's, let's run. Move. Let's go get him. They More gadgets, shoot though. at him. He gets into Aston Martin, mm-hmm. pulls up a bulletproof. Backing. Like, metal sheet. And then sprays them with fire hoses that he has of in course. the back of his Aston Martin. Drives off with a woman, presumably, to have sex. Naturally. They were good. And the underwater gadgets weren't as fun. You know, camera. Yeah. It's supposed the to be big exciting Q, time. Q's big gadget he gives him is an underwater camera. And like a player gun. I could buy that for $5 at Dwayne Reed. Exactly. But for the time, for the time, I get it. it mm. He does show up, though, in a beautiful outfit and a little fedora. Uh, let's talk about Q. Q is very excited. He said He has a line where he's like, I do love doing these on in the field gadget briefings. And he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, a fedora. He's so happy to be there. Giant inflamed fingers. They use the hands of the, his face. His hands are massively swollen. Mm-hmm. And I have not Googled the actor yet to see if something was up. But something is up. I think they're powerful. I, he's got these... Their hands to build gadgets. No, he can like he can play with Duplo blocks, not even Lego blocks. His hands are so hands to build thick and goofy. But yeah, he he gives Bond this underwater camera slash Geiger counter Mm -hmm. and a rebreather. That's the other important. Oh right, tiny tiny scuba tank just for his mouth. As seen in the Phantom Men, look quite good. He uses a similar device. Yep. So he's got some Star Wars technology mm-hmm. and just a camera. 
So pretty sick. Pretty sick. I have, a, I have a highlight or a moment I want to call out. Yes, please. I often think about these movies as having no through line, no continuity other than Sean Connery is the same James Bond so far. Money Man. Penny is the same Money Penny. M is the same M. Felix has been three different Felixes. Yep. Q has stayed a couple. Q has stayed. But one through line that we've had through these movies is James Bond throwing the hat when he walks into Money Penny's office. Oh. In the first right. three movies, or in the first two movies, he throws the hat, Money Penny loves it. Third movie, Money Penny throws it for him, which is such a power move. Hashtag justice for Money Penny. Mm -hmm. And then in this movie, he walks in, wants to throw the hat, and then goes, oh, and looks to his left. And they moved the coat rack next to the door so he couldn't throw his hat anymore. And I love the fact that in a movie that has 30 minutes of underwater action scenes mm -hmm. with 40 plus extras. Mm -hmm. They took the time to be like, yeah, James Bond's pretty bummed he can't throw his hat. <laughs> like, this is something that means a lot to him. That's the, so far, the only character development we have had for James Bond. Yep. He has remained the same. In some areas, gotten worse. Yeah. But in the air, <laughs> the through line of these four movies, he has had such an emotional relationship with his ability to throw a hat onto a coat rack. And they ruined it for him. That's, that's when you know this is serious. That's, to me, the climax of this movie happens at minute 45 <laughs> when he attempts to throw a hat onto a coat rack and yep. finds out the coat rack is already here. Something is serious. Yep. He's like, this isn't just me messing around with Dr. No or whatever. Having fun with my friends. Having fun with my friends. Someone is holding Miami hostage. All of Miami. All of Miami. Of course, his next reaction is to go scuba diving with a woman. And Oh, well, he's uh, got it. Fuck. I've yeah. Been... Yep. And entirely, that is his, his motivation for going down there. He... Oh, I do need to call out the amazing amounts of shorts in this film. Talk to me. We get to see a lot of Sean Connery's legs. They are tanned and toned. <laughs> he is wearing just nothing but mini. Constantly, we're getting little pink shorts. Yeah. Blue shorts. Tiny. We also get a lot of shorts from our Felix. This Felix, I will say, is the more kind of... A return to form. Yeah. A surfer bro, he seems a little dumb. Kind of yeah. aloof. But he looks more like our first Felix. Our yeah. second Felix was like old. Was yeah, sixty five mm -hmm. and kind of like just weird. First Felix was a gay icon, so hot, so with it. We loved, and they it. had some tension. Third Felix is kind of just dopey. Just shows up sometimes. He felt like a member of the Coast Guard. Do you know? Do you know? Also, the Coast Guard is just the main star. You know the politician John Kerry. Mm. He's part of the Bush administration. Mm, give it to me. Current Felix looks a lot like John. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. Let's get some Google images of John. Yeah, yeah. That's current Felix to me. That's going to be him later in life for sure. We do get to see some great legs though from him. He's driving a helicopter and a really important mission, but it's just wearing shorts. And you get to see full legs in the front of the helicopter. That was, that was a incredible. Little, a little bit of like costuming cognitive dissonance for this movie is everyone is so formal in scenes where they should not be formal. Mm -hmm. And in scenes where you should really know what you're up to, they're like Hawaiian shirt. Ball We're in cap, the Bahamas, baby. The shortest short. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's the best. 
It's fat. Even Hugh's wearing shorts. E oh god, I didn't even pay attention to that. I was too transfixed by his sausage <laughs> fingers. Here's a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. I wrote down big maps. Oh. We saw the intro of Big Maps in Goldfinger, where Goldfinger built an entire house around maps. But this one, they're in this beautiful, ornate MI6 briefing room, which looks like the Sistine Chapel when they're finding out it that is so formal. James Bond is learning the stakes of this. And there's this beautiful painting that's like probably 15 feet by 15 feet in size. Someone clicks a button, it, it retracts to the ceiling, and there's a beautifully detailed map of something they learned about an hour ago on yep. it, which I know the 60s, that's not a TV screen. Somebody printed that map out instantly and Quick built map. a room around it. A, like, Well, that's always going to be the map spot. I just, I'm so... There's always going to be a map. There's always got to be There's map. probably a, a room in the back that's just waiting. I'm just like... these A bunch of like <laughs> cartographers yep. like panicking. In a row. They're like, something's come through, and someone's like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> Jeremy, it's go time. Latitude, five. <laughs> go. Print it out. Take Wait. north and east. Oh, my God. Move that rock. Go out of the way. We need to put a, paint, a map in there. I love the big maps. I love the hat for a fail, of course. Here's here's a low light, I mm. guess. It, ethically a low light to me, and this is going to bum you out a little bit of the highlight, is the fact that this movie was made far before PETA, <laughs> and the handling of animals is truly wild to witness. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> the, the first time we see animals, real live animals, because normally, you know, it, we've, we've gotten used to in Dr. No, when they were trying to say that his lair was underwater, they had just a ginormous projection of fish. Mm-hmm. In this one, it starts with our Bond girl, Domino, absolutely man-handling a, a sea turtle. She's scuba diving and just cranking that thing around. It's like they went to like some program town and uh, something with Bahamas tourism. And yeah, you just get to ride sea turtles. And she did, in fact, do that. She had a hand minutes. just for just cranking the sea turtle around. And then it's like, oh, there's a man out here, too. Let's talk to him. And of course, his first line to her is, you swim like a man. <laughs> swim like a man. Not like these other women doggy paddling about. You swim like a man. Doggy paddling. Mm-hmm. As these other women. We love a pick me moment. How? How? Would you say a man swims? I think what he was implying there is that she can stay underwater for long amounts of time. Bigger lungs. Men have bigger lungs. I think just because in the time women didn't really go underwater unless it was just for their fun little dancing routines. Oh, that's true. I Before 1975, if you're a woman, it was illegal to go underwater. No, it's just like there's not really just a... For the frivolous women that he sees. That's true. Well, what's funny, because in Dr. No, he did meet a scuba diving woman who lived everywhere there there are shells. And then I wonder if it's because she was whipping on a turtle. <laughs> you swim. You, 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 <laughs> you swim like a man. You have no regard for the thing marine life. Literally. You just, you fucking cranked the hell out of that turtle. I'm used to seeing, I don't know, empathy. Yeah. (laughs) Women normally empathize with sea creatures. Men, we just toss them. (laughs) I'm going to go talk with Largo, who has a big shark pool. 
Yeah, lots of sharks in let's, this movie. Let's talk about Largo. We haven't introduced our villain in the movie. Mm. Largo. Is number two. Number two, Inspector. We've previously been introduced to number three. And Largo is an eye patch wearing, big nose having of of ethnicity unknown. Yep. He's probably French. I'm maybe. not sure. I don't really remember what his full name is. We should Google it. Jason. Yeah. Lagos Jason. No, it's oh gosh, it was Emilio. It's not helpful. I guess he's Italian. Well, he's played by Adolfo Celli, so I'm guessing he's Italian. Yeah, Italian. Uh, okay. Largo is the same character in the movie I've watched, which is interesting. So we have Largo. He's number two. He he's kind of your classic Bond villain, I think. And this is it's worth noting. This is the second most successful James Bond movie of all time, right behind Skyfall, adjusted for inflation. But Largo is, he's obviously evil. Look at his eye patch. And there's a scene in which all the specter heads are meeting with each other. And everyone just kind of looks like just they're a generic white guy. Mm -hmm. And then there's the one Japanese guy because he represents all of Asia. Yep. And then they're like, I wonder who's in charge. And you cut to the one guy with a defining facial feature. And it is Largo. In the canon of James Bond villains we've seen so far, where would you rank Emilio Largo? Mm, I would say higher i think so too i i would say he's probably my top goldfinger is up there because honestly the fact that he covered a woman in gold to kill her is insane enough to just really bring you up for me goldfinger saying i expect you to die mr bond yeah is like like he was on some of buck wild shit yeah Um, and so far as far as we know unaffiliated with specter he just to do some great Yeah, this was just because he, he was obsessed with gold. Like, yes. just so mad. He young me loves gold. And that's how that really puts him in a different category. Yeah. But I would say he's top tier because we really get to know him. We see it's a lot of like the kind of classic scenes we get nowadays where Bond meets the villain early mm-hmm. and they like get to chat and like these very. High I want things. to meet him socially. Mm-hmm. And like, he's, I don't know. He starts to steal his girl, which he always ends up doing, I guess. But he seems intense. He's scary. We know he's number two. He There's a moment in this movie where, so so far on the villain ranking list, I would say bottom tier Doctor No. Yeah. Then. He was so anticlimactic. So far, well, it almost goes in order. I think Goldfinger's still my favorite, but mm. Emilio Largo has a moment where he is retrieving the nuclear bombs from the crashed plane and his his agent who has undergone years of training in plastic surgery to imitate the spider pilot in order to steal the plane is trapped. His seatbelt won't let him out and he's drowning at the bottom of the sea. And Emilio Largo just waves to him and goes like, ha ha, and takes his stuff and leaves and cuts his air hose yep. and leaves him to die. And that is some villain shit. Yep. That was good. That shit was really raw. He did also torture his girlfriend or yeah. mistress. That wasn't very fun, but definitely does add to his scariness factor. But yeah, that wasn't great. It was char- he was he, he was, goes insane in the end. He was charming, scary, insane. He was good, and he had he actually unlike the From Russia with Love villain and Doctor No, like was effective like mm-hmm. everything he did 
kind of worked. They they fought back. They made it very, very far. He was going to kill Bond mm-hmm. until Domino, our Bond girl of the movie, ends up killing him. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, Bond does not save the day in this movie. I would say Bond girls of this movie, Domino and Fiona and the woman from the hospital, none of them really remarkable. I like Domino because she's... Domino is cool. She's, we'll say in the industry, pure of heart. Mm -hmm. Like she just, she didn't do anything bad. She doesn't die at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. She just... Is just a good person, honestly. She's yeah. the first good person we've had. Definitely. This. She's in a tough situation. You know, she's like pretty much like has to stay with this rich man forever. And like, hates, like, you know, it's so exciting that James Bond is saving her, which, you know, whatever. But she's cool. They have cute dancing moments. She's very pretty. Very pretty. They do fuck underwater in scuba gear. And, and we know the that first they, time. And we know that they fucked how? Because she does say it right away. <laughs> oh, I was going to say because they go beneath a piece of coral and more bubbles come out. Yeah, it's just a lot of bubbles. And then later she goes, when we were making love. <laughs> so, you betrayed me? Our other Bond girl. He's in there. He does not notice the guy sneaking up behind him to assassinate him. James Bond just gets lucky. Mm-hmm. Our other Bond girl, her name is Fiona. I could not catch her last name for the life of me. I only found out her name was Fiona from the credits because I did, in fact, think both these women were the same person. Fiona. I think she was named in my mind. She was never named. But you knew she was a separate person, which is leaps ahead of me. Yeah, just by the vague accent. And she was very pretty. She's very pretty. Fiona is our female villainess of the movie james bond of course sleeps with her and she thought she's that early early and he's like well i gotta get some action and then she has a speech where she's like no you idiot james bond like you normally sleep with these women and they'll become good and didn't work on me. We slept together and I'm still evil. I don't want to be on your side. And he's like, damn, sucks. Still got some action, though. And she, <laughs> better luck next time. Yeah, better luck next time. Some other highlights and lowlights I want to talk about. Obviously, 30 minutes of undersea warfare with like 60 actors in scuba diving suits fighting to the death. That was both a highlight and a lowlight for me. Yeah, same. Too much. It was so long. It was so long. And there was nothing. so much. there Because there was just a bunch of dudes we didn't know. It, yeah. Hella stuntmen. It was, I'm pretty sure the director was like, we figured out how to film underwater and we got to let everybody know. And I bet in 1965, that was incredible. Oh, this is definitely epic. We hadn't been to the moon yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this was mm-hmm. a big deal. And it's it starts off really intense. Literally two groups with just lines of harpoons, and lining, they just harpoon each other right like away. Revolutionary, and it's all just with scuba gear. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so silly looking. It's like, crazy, and you're vaguely aware that they're just definitely in a tank. And we're also that's true. Yeah, they were in pretty shallow water. Like you can funny. see the light coming through. Like, they're saying that we discussed and i'm maybe on googling this we might not be right but mm-hmm. we're pretty sure that the good guys were the coast guard yeah no 100 percent. which is i gotta it, uh, imagine if you're in the coast guard you show this movie to everybody you know to be like 
well, don't you want to be in the Navy or the Army or something cool? And like, do you want to actually like fight like the Marines? And they're like, uh-uh. Every, every day, hundreds of scuba divers with spear guns face our shores. And the Coast Guard is here to protect you. Honestly. It was... Is it, this pre or post Baywatch? Oh, pre, 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 pre. This is 20 years before Baywatch. This is no just, idea what this is, this is written by British people being like, well, the Americans have something called the Coast Guard. We might as well... <laughs> Have them guard the coast, don't you know? Oh, true. Yeah. Like, it does sound a lot fancier when you say British yeah, if, an, if an American person wrote this, they were going to be like, the Navy shows up and blows them up. Mm-hmm. Also. Harpoon battle. Speaking of the 30-minute harpoon battle, I looked at the budget for this movie in comparison oh, with Goldfinger, the last movie we watched. How the budget of Goldfinger was $3 million. Wow. I have not adjusted that for inflation. Okay. How much do you think the budget for thunderball was i want to say like 15 wow way too much but <laughs> eight it's, it's nine Ooh. it's nine million but it's three times the budget that's crazy so they saw goldfinger and they're like okay cool here's a lot like of money it. and the director was like all right it's all gonna be underwater for this one but i think it worked because it's the second highest grossing james bond movie definitely Definitely. So something worked out. I had in my notes this movie's Coast Guard propaganda. Yep. Also, a theme that I've seen in all of the James Bond movies so far has been the karate chop disarm. Yep. He, no matter what is going on, James Bond will just lightly karate chop the hand of an assailant and the gun just drops out. He just moves in like really slow and big movement. So slow, so big he telegraphs his moves. And then if his... If his hand touches your hand, you're dropping whatever you got. You're done. He's done. hitting with the force of a thousand suns. He Literally. just done. You drop it. He gets that guy just by like burning him in a shower. That was crazy. He has a few burning moments. He yeah, it's creative with this killing. That's the one thing about the harpoon battle is it is also just just all the different ways that you can die underwater for a long time. That's true. Like, Shark, knife, <laughs> harpoon. Someone getting your oxygen. oxygen. Somebody oxygen. getting like your cord in your front. Someone taking off your mask. Like someone taking you to the top. God, that is rough. Any low lights from this? Film? You know, the sauna scene. James, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, Jimmy B, it's tough. He, there's a pretty extended scene in this film. Yeah. He, makes advances on a woman who's like, no, thanks. I'm your physical therapist. And mm -hmm. he's like, but you touched me. So that's fair game. And you're hot as hell. And you're hot. So let's party. And she's like, let's not. She straps him down. And then honestly. I... She straps him to a machine mm -hmm. and then says, this is the only time I've felt safe is when you're unable to physically <laughs> move and attack me. She says with a smile, so then he goes, perfect, we are going to, I'm trying this again later. <laughs> Smiling is consent. Uh, and then I guess it works out. He does out try it again later. And then she does say no again, but then she smiles as he opens up the door when he says that the only way I won't tell your boss is if you sleep with them. Which is tough. He, yeah. he threatens her with his position. Then she does... Of course, as the movies do, apparently falls in love with him. So hard. And does not want him to leave this lovely physical therapy place where they've just made love and he's just been stroking her with a silk or a fur mitt for 
outward. That's weird. Where did he get the fur man? They showed like four scenes about it too. We got to talk about favorite characters. Mm -hmm. This this one was tricky because normally I feel like our... Well, I'm curious to hear what you think, but normally in my mind, if I'm like, what is the best character in this movie? It's going to be a Felix. Yeah. And I loved the Felix in this at first, but then he kind of got dopier and like a little weird. And pretty irrelevant. Pretty relevant. He was just a helicopter pilot. By yeah. The way. He had no real purpose. So I I want to say my favorite character in this movie was the Polish scientist. Well, that were that like. Once Largo takes the atom bombs from the jet, he gets this Polish scientist to like be able to arm them. And the scientist has a change of heart. In the end, he ends up saving Domino. Domino kills Largo. But he's just on the back foot for every interaction he has had with somebody. 100%. Like, Largo shows up and he's like, I brought you these bombs. He's like, whoa, what? And then, <laughs> and then Domino is being tortured by Largo. And he's like, wait, hold on, Largo's evil? Like, Literally, like, Ice did not sign up for any of this. He is just so out of his depth mm -hmm. at every moment. I'm fascinated. I want a movie about what is this fool thinking? What did he think when he signed up for this? Did he, he said the guy has changed in the end. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he, he rescues Domino. They save James Bond. And James Bond goes, Domino, you're safe. Who the fuck is this? He literally goes, who's that guy? And she goes, I don't know. He saved me. I'm like, all right, I'll give him a life vest. Leave. I'll let him live. But just, oh my God. The lack of care that this movie has for this man is just, mm -hmm. who is he? He's here now. Deal with it. He, We needed him for the plot. I think, I don't know his That's name. Choice. He's my favorite random niche character. I liked Domino a lot. Although she was good. I'll give her my my favorite button. You know, she held her own. I liked her little story, had some depth and, and saved the day in the end. So what more could you ask for? She was a good Bond girl. Mm -hmm. I liked her. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the side characters, there weren't really too many. Like, I really liked the spy assistant for a bit, but then she disappeared as well. But at first she kind of had some. Like, he randomly had a side companion on this boat when he started his excursion to the Bahamas. And they had some fun little quips. And, you know, she was there to vibe. And then she did just die. She just died. Yeah, that was it. Was he was a woman associated with James Bond. Mm -hmm. So she had to die. But it was like, oh, new spy. Here's a character that I don't think we've considered for our favorite character. Mm. What about P-Dog? Excuse me? You remember the dog? We have a um, friend named P-Dog. Oh. Oh, that's confusing. There is a dog in this. Yeah. There is there's a high octane chase through a parade in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And one of the shots, it, it looks like they're shooting an actual parade that happened and just having their actors run through it. There's a scene in which there's just a dog peeing in the middle of the street that I guess they had to keep in the movie. They kept it in like multiple shots. They just didn't want to get rid of it. They got a lot of coverage of a dog just taking a leak in the middle of they, the they, film. They didn't want to reshoot people just running. Like the parade was large. It would have kept going. Oh, they had so much footage. But <laughs> there's so, also so much footage of P-Dog. Mm -hmm. I... I would love to see what P Dog is up to after this. That piss Dog, we can call, I mean, to be a little crass. Yeah, no, Piss, piss dog. dog, perfect. <laughs> my, my favorite dog, Dog B. What no. were some What were some good Bond moments from this film? 
Oh. I, we we both it was Alex and I are both taking handwritten notes as we watch these, <laughs> and it, you can tell when a good bond moment happens because both of us just go silent and yep. furiously write in our respective notebooks. Yeah, my first good line I got was when the woman from the hospital that he hooks up with is like, "What do you do for a job?" And he goes, "Well, I'm I travel a lot. I'm a licensed travel shooter." Thinking like photographer. I thought that was great. That was really good. You swim like a man, of course. Naturally. Wild. We uh, have to make we have to shout out when he our lovely Fiona dies. She gets shot in the back and during it, a dance. When while they're like out on the dance floor, he covers up the gunshot. He puts her down at a table next to a whole group and says, Mind of my friend and sits down. She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> She's dead tired. She's dead. And then he just fucks Leaves. off. Done. Actually, you know what the movie I want to see is is a film about people having a lovely time in the Bahamas and they go to a dance club. They go to dinner. Mm -hmm. They're sitting at a table. They dance a little bit. They're too tired. A man goes, sorry, can you look after my friend? She's just dead. Puts her down. 30 minutes later, these people realize there's a dead body at their dinner table. What did they do? Right. Because naturally you call the police. You're trying to follow yeah, up on this. And then it just goes, goes away because yeah. it's James Bond. It's spy shit. They're like, she was a she was a foreign national terrorist. Literally just a, and she looked was like dressed nice, having a good old time, just hanging out. Oh my God, there's blood dripping off that woman's back. Should we like talk to somebody? Talk about a ruined vacation. Those people, talk about a ruined life. Somebody, That's if bad. you're at a dinner table at the club and somebody drops a dead body off of your table, yeah, that, that, that would that ever again. Yeah, that would, that would land for us at least a hot second. That was fucking nuts. I also like, he's, he's talking to Largo and they're having one of their, I know you're the villain. I know you're the good guy spy. Mm. Oh, we're still going to be cordial. And Largo has a, a skeet shooting shotgun. And Bond goes, that looks like a gun for a woman. And he goes, Largo goes, oh, what is it? Do you know a lot about guns? And James Bond goes, I don't know much about guns. Just a lot about women. That is iconic. Iconic. Genuinely such a good moment. Such a good moment. The the other Bond moment that I think she's just dead is like one of the Bond moments. Mm. And so is when he shoots a guy with a spear gun and goes, he's got the point. That one was really, really good. There is a Pulitzer Prize for quips. I think it would go to the early James Bond movies. A random moment that I, my very first note about this movie that I just haven't mentioned is uh, Please. that the stuntman did do that whole first fight and baby pumps. And I, I really wanted to call that out. He did the whole thing, did not take them off, fought James Bond like very, very intensely. Wearing the heels. heels on the whole time. Listen, like a lot beautiful. of a lot of people give Bryce Dallas Howard some heat for Jurassic World when she's running from the T Rex in heels, but mm -hmm. like, listen, it's doable. Listen, what we're saying is, women, stop complaining so much <laughs> about right. Is at least they saying? see. At least they gave him baby pumps. Okay, these are like kitten no, heels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a fight with. A man in kitten heels. Literally. Throwing chairs at James Bond, who is only throwing chairs back. Yep. It is incredible. It's because he was in heels, you know. Alex, we watched Thunderball, the second most successful James Bond movie of all time. 
It's basically downhill mm-hmm. from here on out until we get back to Skyfall. Uh-oh. I want to know what you would rate this movie out of 10. I think for this one, I'm going to go... I enjoyed my... There were slow moments, but talking it over, I'm realizing that I liked it a good amount. And I'm going to give it a seven and a half. A seven and a half. Big... Big time. That's your biggest rating. Yes, it is. You're you're being a little a little cautious. I'm gonna say this. I like Goldfinger more now though too. Right. My my list is Goldfinger grows up. That's okay. I I appreciate that, Alex. You give us seven and a half. I gave Goldfinger an eight, which is tough because I like this movie a heck of a lot. I'm gonna give it a nine. This is gonna be rough when we get to Daniel Craig movie. But I will say. That I think there was more moments, every moment of Goldfinger, I was like, all right, I'm in for this. Mm-hmm. There was no moment that I was like, all right, come on, this has gone a little long. In this movie, I was like, I could get out of the water. Mm-hmm. I don't really need 30 minutes of underwater fighting. In the 60s, that hit so hard, I bet. But notice, I've seen the 86 remake of this. Yep. There's not much underwater fighting. Yeah. Because they, they were like, quick. they had the technology to do it, but they were like, this is actually really a lot yep. to deal with. Yep. Because of that, I'm also going to give this an eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, all of that. All of that. All of that said, this is tied with Goldfinger right now. I think these are both eight out of 10 movies. They're almost perfect, but there needs to be something more. I. Cannot say what that something more is. <laughs> well, I'll find that out. I think we're lo- we're under the shadow of the Daniel Craig movies. I think we both know that like the Daniel Craig movies are more to our sensibilities of what we want in a movie. Mm-hmm. But are they better movies? Also, probably yes. Yeah, because the thing is, is that you want to rate it high, and then I think about some of the content that makes me upset. And then I have to, like, also include that. You're like, this is great, but he assaulted a woman, like, six times. Exactly. And then I know that when I get Daniel Craig, that's not going to happen. That's true. (laughs) That's tough. It's, but you're right. So that's kind of my asterisk with this. I think there's going to be a big asterisk for, I would just. Everything except for Daniel Craig. Yeah, I hesitate to say for a while. But that, that's our watch of Thunderball. Thunderball. Don't I, I think that's probably that's our best approximation. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fabulous. Alex thought it was almost as fabulous. Uh, I, had I had a good time. Alex, if you were to sum this movie up in three words, what would you say? Harpoons Gone Wild. <laughs> Harpoons Gone Wild. I would say Big Wet Fight. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We will see you all. For You Only Live Twice. Oh, nice name. Next time.